Appendix B of the Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anastasia Saloha. The Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume 4 by James Boswell. Appendix B. Had Boswell continued the quotation from Priestley's illustrations of philosophical necessity, he would have shown that though Priestley could not hate the rioters, he could very easily prosecute them. He says, If a necessarian I cease to blame men for their vices in the ultimate sense of the world, though in the common and proper sense of it I continue to do as much as other persons, for how necessarily soever they act, they are influenced by a base and mischievous disposition of mind, against which I must guard myself and others in proportion as I love myself and others, etc. Of his interview with Johnson, Priestley, in his appeal to the public, part two, published in 1792, thus writes, answering the impudent falsehood that when I was at Oxford, Dr. Johnson left a company of my being introduced to it. In fact, we never were at Oxford at the same time, and the only interview I ever had with him was at Mr. Paradise's, where we dined together at his own request. He was particularly civil to me, and promised to call upon me the next time he should go through Birmingham. He behaved with the same civility to Dr. Price when they sat together at Dr. Adams at Oxford. Several circumstances show that Dr. Johnson had not so much of bigotry at the decline of life as had distinguished him before, on which account it is well known to all our common acquaintance that I declined all their pressing solicitations to be introduced to him. Priestley expresses himself ill, but his meaning can be made out. Pa answered Boswell in the March number of the Gentleman magazine for 1795. But the evidence that he brings is rendered needless by Priestley's positive statement. May peace henceforth fall on Priestley's injured name. When Boswell asserts that Johnson was particularly resolute in not giving countenance to men whose writing he considered as pernicious to society, he forgets that that very summer of 1783 he had been willing to dine at Wilkie's house. Dr. Franklin wrote to Dr. Price in 1784. It is said that scarce anybody but yourself and Dr. Priestley possesses the art of knowing how to differ decently. Gibbon, describing in 1789 the honestest members of French assembly, calls them a set of wild visionaries, like our Dr. Price, who gravely debate and dream about the establishment of a pure and perfect democracy of five and twenty millions, the wishes of the golden age, and the primitive rights and equality of mankind. Admiration of Price met Samuel Rogers when a boy wished to be a preacher. I thought there was nothing on earth so grand as to figure in a pulpit. Dr. Price lived much in the society of Lord Lansdowne, Earl of Shelburne, and other people of rank, and his manners were extremely polished. In the pulpit he was great indeed. The full title of the track mentioned by Boswell is A Small Whole Length of Dr. Priestley from his printed works. It was published in 1792 and is a very poor piece of writing. 
Johnson had refused to meet the Abbe Reynal, the author of the Histoire Philosophique Politique du Commerce de Duzande, when he was over in England in seventeen seventy seven. Mrs. Chapone, writing to Mrs. Carter on the 15th of June of that year, says, I suppose you have heard a great deal at the Abbey Reynal, who is in London. I fancy you would have served him as Dr. Johnson did, to whom, when Mrs. Vasey introduced him, he turned from him and said he had read his book and would have nothing to say to him. See Walpole's letters. His book was burned by the common hangman in Paris. Carlyle's French Revolution, edition 1857. End of Appendix B